Hi listeners, this is Abigail. I was recently approached by a big media organization who I won't name, but of whom you will definitely have heard. And they asked me to make a podcast for them. Uh, climbing onto the bandwagon late, uh, I see. Uh-huh. And I, this is a media organization that has published a lot of transphobic material. Which, oh, that narrows it down. That's identifying. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, doesn't at all narrow it down, unfortunately, in Britain. Um, and they wanted me to present this podcast for them on, on their sort of very, very big network with another lady. Uh, who I won't name, yeah, but who was very nice. You were going to be on Times Radio with Flora Gill. No, no, it was a very, very nice lady, actually, that they wanted me to present this with. Flora Gill. And uh, I, I said to them, look, you know, you guys have published a heck of a lot of transphobia. Um, so I said, I, I will do this for you, but you are going to have to, you're going to have to pay me a lot of money. And I, I, well, I said to them, like, working with you would damage my reputation. And so because of all the transphobia that you have published, um, I am going to charge you extra for that. And I'm going to be very uh-huh. upfront about the fact that I'm, I'm going to like charge you extra because I will lose work as a result of doing this. And so I quoted them um, a fee listeners, which was absolutely fucking ludicrous. <laughs> I, mm. I asked for like several thousand pounds an episode to do this for them. Um, and also I said to them, um, I want the other lady who's presenting this with me to be paid the same as me. Um, and I want you to also hire a queer person under 25 to be the third mic, and I want them to be paid the same amount as me as Thank well. Thank you. And that was very kind of you to put my name forward for that. No, that's okay. Um, and uh, they unsurprisingly said, uh, no, we can't possibly afford this. Uh, I named several of their employees who've published transphobic material and suggested they take the money out of their salaries. Um, this did not go down well. <laughs> and so negotiations have now politely broken down, um, as I hoped and anticipated that they would. Um, but the, listeners, the reason I was able to do this is is because you guys support Kill James Bond, and I was able to go to this like massive international media organization and say, look, there's fucking nothing you can offer me. You offer me an audience, I've got one. You offer me money, like, would, do, do, like you can't offer me enough money to do this. Like, it's not worth it. Like, nothing. No. We we defeated, or rather, you helped Abby to defeat uh, a like major major media enterprise with literally the power of friendship. Yeah, definitely. And against all the odds, we do it basically for free. Uh-huh. <laughs> no ads, nothing, baby. Yeah, no sponsorships. Nothing. Um, and it was because of you listeners that uh, I was able to do that and because of Alice and Dev. So I just wanted to get that on the record and say on the podcast, thanks very much for listening to this podcast where we watch such incredible films as Chex Notes, Rambo Last Blood. Are we ready for the cultural sensitivity uh, hour? Aye, aye, aye. Rambo. We're so close to being done. We're so, so, so close to being done. We're almost free of it. You can always tell when we're doing a series because, like, the last couple of episodes start with the longest sigh I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, first episode, uh, f- like first episode of a series going into it. Hi, hello, welcome to Kill James Bond. I'm Alice Goldberg Kelly, joined as always by my, my friends Abigail Thorne and Devon. Last episode. Ah, fuck. Uh, uh, I was sad to say goodbye to the man from Uncle. I was even a little bit sad to true. say goodbye to James Bond and Jason Bourne. 
Jason Bourne and his like fisherman ethics. Yeah, yeah. Professor Chimp. Like I, uh, yeah. I will not be sad to say uh, adios to John Rambo. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, the other ones we've had like running jokes because things have happened that are funny, um, and we sort of brought them forward, like the fisherman or like all the uncle bits. Mm. Rambo has given us fucking nothing mm-hmm. but racism from start to finish. It's depressing. Mm-hmm. It's a sad series of films. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna end on a low note. So this is um, Rambo: Last Blood, Rambo: Fifth Blood, Rambo brackets Mexican. They called this one Last Blood, so hopefully they're never gonna do another one. And we ended the last one, Rambo brackets, no t- other title involved, with him going back home to Arizona, right, to see what has become of his family. And we now we find him in his den. Forge? No, no, we don't. No, we don't. You're missing the whole prologue. Oh, wait, no. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, the, so you, listeners, no, you, you, you watched the extended version. <laughs> I made a mistake and watched yes. the extended version of this. So would don't you correct like- me about your mistake? <laughs> I'm so sorry, but would you like me to tell you? Well, why don't you tell me how the official one started, and then I'll tell you how the Abbey version of this film started. So the the official version of this, the eighty nine minute version, Crazy. you know, tight tight ninety, starts with a pan across Rambo's like wall of stuff, his ego wall, right? Like he's got like uh, his like vet bro stuff, he's got like his VFW flags, his shadow box with his medals, his like photos from Vietnam, y- you know, because like he really didn't end up hating his country for it, after all. He's like actually cool with it, and it's not something he wants to leave behind in the past. That's how the like short version starts. How does the Abbey cut oh, start? Oh my god, that's like a whole fucking like, okay so, in the Abigail extended version, we open in a massive storm that's taking place uh-huh. in a big wood, and there's a rescue team, like volunteers. This must have been a very expensive sequence to shoot. Like a, a rescue helicopter's out. They're looking for people who are missing on the mountain, and they go, uh, Oh no, all the teams have to pull back because there's going to be a big flash flood. Where's that volunteer on horseback we had? I don't know, but he'd be crazy to be out in this. And then we cut to the woods. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, no, for real. Solid snake. For real. And then he's, <laughs> Rambo is there on a horse, right? And he finds the body of a woman. He rides on a little further through the storm. He finds um, a father and a daughter. The flood starts coming down the mountain. Uh, the father won't come without his dead wife. Rambo's like, leave her, leave her, I found her, she's dead, she's dead. Um, and then uh, he gets swept away by the flood, but Rambo ties him and the, and the girl to a rock as the flood hits with a rope. And then like, as the water comes up over their eyes, we get the like, title card, Rambo. Um, and then later on, the guy, uh, the father is dead, uh, but John has rescued the little girl. And uh, the cops say, oh, good job, Rambo. We appreciate your help. Huh. And then, then there's even more, because then we go to his ranch and we meet his housekeeper. Did you, did you guys meet the housekeeper? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Maria, she's there. We didn't get her to get an intro, no. <laughs> she's, she's in the movie, but like you, you watched a completely... You watched the like Frank Darabont cut of Rambo Last Blood. You like... Oh, yeah, because wow. in this, he goes, he goes home to her... And, she, and he says, I couldn't save them. I couldn't save them. And, and he said, just like I couldn't save my buddies in Nam. And she says, it's fine, John. You, you can't save everybody. You've got, this is going to be your lesson for the film. Um, and all, we see that he has PTSD again, because apparently being racist was only a temporary cure for that. Yeah. It always is. We, we begin the short version with him and his, like, dude's rock yeah, chamber. Yeah, then we cut to the basement where Rambo sleeps. Yeah. Um, where yeah. He's, got, he, he's got all his vet stuff up. Yeah. He owns... 
uh, by my count, two ARs, a bolt action rifle, three identical Winchester. Yeah, I'm looking rations. at these right now on my screen. He's got a tunnel. He's been hobby tunneling. Yeah, the masculine urge to dig. He's got a complex. He's been digging. He goes down in there, and then he has some PTSD for a bit. He does mm-hmm. it once in this movie, and then he's over. Yeah. Um, but being in the tunnel seems to be what that sets it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he all of these like firearms are like totally like unsecured. They're yeah. stacked up against a wall. He's been digging out this network of tunnels. He gets a little bit of PTSD, as you say. The PTSD thing is like better filmed than any of the previous ones because they like throw some like LBJ newsreel footage mm-hmm. samples in there and like. Oh shit! He's like back in back in Nam. Yeah, he's flashing back to he- hearing LBJ. Yeah, he rides horses really well. He 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 get he goes back topside. Yeah, yeah. This bit. Oh, I got a bunch to talk about about this bit. So this is like at first, it looks like a campaign commercial for like a Republican governor <laughs> candidate. Yeah, who's trying to like run an insurgent campaign because like he, it, all it's missing is him shooting a copy of the Affordable Care Act. He's mm-hmm. got like a truck. He's got like a farm where they only appear to farm dirt. There's like hay bales, but there's no hay. <laughs> I'll talk about that. <laughs> Afford this place. It's a fucking cattle ranch. He got it at the end of the last one. Where are the cows? What has he done? He's running this ranch into the fucking ground, is what he's doing. How did he get it? It's his dad's, I think. But yeah. yeah. He, in- he inherited this dirt farm. And what he does on this dirt farm is he spins horses. Mm-hmm. Like, like oh, but a he DJ. loves spinning that horse. And he has a great review for the battle. The horse spinner. He take- oh, yes, he does. He takes this horse out and he spins it like 300. <laughs> well, he does like a horse 720, right? And then he makes he, like- horses dizzy on this yeah. ranch. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, turn, turn, turn. The horse is turning. Gets off the horse, goes in, talks to a like older Mexican American lady who he lives with, and says his review of the horse, which is Turner's a great, great Turner. Is that mm, for primarily okay. <laughs> what you look for <laughs> in a horse? Really tiny turning circle on this horse. Fantastic mm, stuff. Great handling. Yeah, I mean the, the thing is, right, he doesn't he doesn't farm anything, but he does provide like lipidsanas to the fucking like <laughs> Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the housekeeper's housekeeper's name is Maria, by mm-hmm. the way, um, and uh, she mm-hmm. has a daughter called Gabriella, who we hear yep. has a way with horses, but she has big dreams. She wants to go to college. She turns them better than anybody, but yeah. she's she's gonna get out. She would really appreciate this horse because he's a great turner. She's got a future ahead of her, is the thing we should yeah. be taking from this scene. She's gonna go to Arizona State. I can't get over that in your vision they cut the opening of the movie? Yeah. Why? It, it doesn't sound very good. But <laughs> like, also, it's very expensive and establishes the characters. And why would you cut? I don't think you need to. I, I, I like it better. I like it sparer. And I think there are a few things in here that, like, I, I have a feeling I'm going to learn are largely the product of cuts that I will conclude that I initially thought were, like, the, you know, braver filmmaking. Um, um, well, halfway up, I gave up, uh, well, the pirated version I was watching crapped out, and I switched to the normal cuts. <laughs> I've yeah, only got extended I mean, first 30 minutes. It's morally good to be pirating, I suppose. That's that's true. But so, Rambo does some, like... Especially right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, he spins some horses, and he does some forging. He's yes. in the forge. Because uh, like, <laughs> the movie is aware that people watch Forged in Fire now. All he ev- every time he's upset, he just goes and forges a knife, and he yeah. won't stop quenching it. I don't understand. 
Listen, it's not good blacksmithing, but it is good self-care. It's great you cinema. Have to that much. Putting the, yeah. the heated thing in the water is the funnest part, so yeah, fresh out. for sure. He has fucked up the heat tree on every blade he has ever made. These guys are going to shatter like, like no one's business. Will not kill. No. But so uh, his daughter, surrogate daughter, Gabrielle, comes to like see him in the forge, and he's like, oh, I made you a knife. And she goes, uh, what? <laughs> these days, we only forge, like, iPhones or, or whatever. Yeah, he, he says, I've made you a letter opener when you go away to college so that you can open letters. And she's like, nobody sends letters anymore. And he's yeah. like, all right, you can use it to keep boys away then. Fine. Okay, sure. sure. And, and in the extended version, she's like, do you want to talk about what happened last night at the opening of the movie? And he says, no, I'd rather go for a ride. I'm assuming they don't have that conversation in you. Yeah, just, just ride. And, yeah, he talks about, like, her future and stuff, and the thing is, right, Stallone has, I think, I don't know if I'm crazy, right, because I watched this at, like, three in the morning, I might be insane, but the first 10-15 minutes of the movie, and I mean the first 10-15 minutes of, like, the 89-minute version, mm-hmm. it's not bad, like, it's Stallone good. has sort of, like, nice. aged into this, yeah. and, and maybe it's just because I, I, like, I'm used to him now, and also I think that, like, anything delivered by an old actor is, like, profound... He sounds like, you know, Johnny Cash, like, a minute before he died. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, yeah, he, he's sort of like this old, paranoid, traumatized man who's, like, worried about not being able to protect his, like, surrogate daughter when she goes off to college. And she's just, like, fine. And he's also softened a little bit since yeah. Rambo 4, um, when he was like, fuck the world, I don't care about anything. Here, in this one, he actually says, I'm gonna miss you. And mm-hmm. she says she's going to go to a party tonight. And he says, why don't you invite your friends around here? Um, and the subtext <laughs> of this, which we pick up on, is, is he wants to see her more before she goes away. And it's actually, it's actually quite nice. It's well done. It's really pleasant. Like, it's just yeah. genuinely good. Like, it, you, you feel that he's, like, calmed down. He's been, yeah. I don't know, bailing hay mostly for... for spinning horses. Years. <laughs> yeah, spinning the horse on my Rambo farm. He centrifuged the PTSD out of his brain. <laughs> he's been rotating horses. He's been... He's been... <laughs> He's he's made some hay bales. He's gonna leave them there, I think. Um, yeah, some way too Those close just, to the fucking road, may I say? They're, they're just gonna like rot in the field. One of them's gonna roll off into the road, kill somebody. It's no cows um, anymore. Just just no. Only only hay bales. Wide open Arizona land, baby. Just, just hay and dizzy horses. That's um, it. Her, her, she's like, my friends don't want to come around here because they think you're weird because you're enormous and you've dug an elaborate system of tunnels under He's the like, country. what if they went in the tunnels? And she's like, what? He's like, like I'm like, yeah, yeah, teens would fucking love the tunnels to be It's true. It's yeah. true. He, he flatly just says, show them the tunnels. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah, but that's also treated as like a real moment because she's like, you've never, you've never, you know, you've let never let anyone in the tunnels before. And he's like, yeah, you go into tunnels. He talks to Maria later and she's like, you never let me in the tunnels. <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you fucking mean? <laughs> you never gone down. Teens, teens love the tunnels. Like, by, by the way, I should also say, for, for a woman who like whose uh, first language is Spanish, uh, he speaks to her sometimes in Spanish and his Spanish is like, Which is just... Yeah, just really good. Um, Teens yeah, love so- the tunnel. You ever been on Tunnel Talk? It's huge. They fucking love the tunnels, though. To be fair, <laughs> mm. they're all talking about back rooms and shit. Yeah, they do. They they do. Yeah so, yeah. so I mean, so I mean, they they go in the tunnels, right? They have a party in the tunnels. Another great thing about them mellowing is they're listening to the worst music. It's like 
Arizona hip hop. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Maria's like, oh man, this music fucking sucks, huh? And he's like, oh, I, I kind of like it. You know, I get used to it. It's like, it's nice. The teens love the tunnels so much that this boy tries to kiss Gabby in the tunnels. Yeah, this is, so he tries to kiss her and she's like, no. And then he's like, tries it again. And she's like, no. And he gives up and he's like, okay, well, you know, bye. And th- this, this does something later, but for now it just sort of like establishes that like, Life as a woman is a you know constant air of sexual threat from men, which is true. It mm. also establishes uh, in the eyes of the audience that that oh, Gabby we'll is in quote big quote marks a good girl. She is yep. innocent, and of course, you cannot mm-hmm. really construct female innocence without also constructing it as sexual viability, which is massively mm-hmm. going to come up later. Which is which yeah. is explicit here. Um, is it? But yeah, I think so. I think she's. I, th- I think it's made explicit later. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the other thing I want to say about Stallone is right. He's quite good in this. I think the acting actually like holds up to like even Copland, um, yeah. even if the writing doesn't. But there's two things, right? One is that that he the script has a way of ending like scenes with quite a lot of like emotional conflict with one of the characters just going like okay or like bye, <laughs> which once you start noticing that it happens every time. It's like they have a big like shouting match and it's like bye. Like it's a stage play. They have to, they have to, they have to leave the stage. And yeah. Then- you might as well just say exit stage left at the end of every scene. Yeah. Like, the the other thing is the sort of the aging thing, which is Stallone is like weird PTSD dad, and he's quite good at it. But like by age alone, he really should be like weird PTSD grandpa. Mm. And it's sort of like the continuing weird mismatch of yeah. like male actors and their characters' ages. He's in his seventies when he's filming this man. Yeah, and he's meant to be old, but like not like old, old, you know? It's curious. He's like taking pills, he's like got grey hair, but he's still like super active and stuff, and it's like... Mm. I don't believe it though. You see him, and you're like, no. (laughs) You see him in this movie, even when he's doing things, and you're like, you're Mm. going to die. Yeah, You are. You should not be doing this. You should be offering people a fucking Werther's original from your purse, mate. Like, what are you (laughs) doing, brother? And the thing is, people love an old guy like that. They Mm. love fucking Mike from Breaking Bad for exactly that reason. Mm. He's like, oh, I'm I'm too old to kick anybody's ass anymore. But like, uh, okay, so she like, uh, Gabrielle like corners him after the end of this party. And she's like, can I tell you something serious? Mm -hmm. Uh, I I gotta like have a big emotional conversation. Mm. And she's like, I talked to my friend who used to go to the same school. She has found my like biological father who is in Mexico because Gabrielle is Mexican American. And she says, and this is verbatim, and when I when they did this line, I had to get up and walk around for ten minutes. Yeah, me too. I need to go to Mexico. Why would you want to do that? The change in tone when she says, I want to go to Mexico. It's like she Why? Would you want to do that? It's like Mordor to him. Yeah. yeah. Mexico, second highest number of tourists in the world last year. 22 million foreigners went to Mexico. It's a it's a huge like, country. It's a nice beautiful, place. huge yeah. country. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the very mention of Mexico has Rambo like, Los Zetas are going to behead you, right? Essentially. And. He, he tries his best to dissuade her along those lines of being like, I've seen the world, you know, I, I disemboweled a Burmese guy with a knife one time. Mm, mm-hmm. Ripped the throat out one time, yeah. I exploded a Soviet man with an arrow one time. Yeah. I've seen, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the dark... That, yeah. <laughs> 
I drove a tank into a helicopter, and because of that, I oh, learned yeah, not yeah. to go to Mexico. I did do that. Because the world is full of violence. I waged war on a small town police force in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> and because of that, I know that Mexico is, mm-hmm. is a no-go zone. I was zone. up to my neck in picture and electrocuted by a random Russian man. <laughs> I, need, I need Rambo to give me a list of countries he thinks are good. I just, I yeah. need that because everywhere he fucking goes, he's like, oh, it's like mortar over there. Like fucking Burma, fucking Vietnam, fucking Thailand, fucking the United States of America, fucking Mexico. Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Pa- Pakistan. Where is good to me, man? Just tell me. Yeah. 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 Parts of Thailand where there are snakes? Uh... <laughs> yeah, the snake type. The snake bit of Thailand. He fucking loves that. Also, I don't want to insult a young actor. Right, but I'm going to. It's so weird in this scene to see Stallone outact somebody. And oh, like he does. He's been no, acting he... for his whole fucking life. It's okay. Like, you can do it. I think that's harsh. I think, I don't know who this actor is, but I think she does a fine job. It's not an easy role. Certainly not an easy role for a young actor. I think she does a, a, an acceptable job. I think it's very serviceable work. I, I would like to see her in other things. She, she's, she's like, uh, uh, I, okay, I trust you. I'm not going to go to Mexico because you say it's bad. Okay, bye. Yeah. And yeah, goes, so, okay, so uh, we surmise that her biological father left um, when, uh, when she well, abandoned her, and she wants to know yeah. why. That's, that's the, the, like, the, the thrust of a scene, right? Is that like, mm-hmm. Rambo is familiar with this girl's biological father. Yeah. He's like mm-hmm. fought him before, like, just mm-hmm. like in brawls, not like all-out warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, but and he's like, people don't change. And she's like, you've changed. And he's like, no, I haven't. I'm just, I'm just mm-hmm. keeping a lid on it. I'm working I'm hard good. every day. It's quite good. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thrust of the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he goes into the fucking house and it's the next day. And instead, Maria is having the same scene with Gabriela. And she's like, you can't fucking go to Mexico. She's You'll having die. the same scene in Espanol. And he's standing there and he's just like waiting for the translation like he's at the UN. He's reading the subtitles. I quite like this scene, actually, because... Um... Gabrielle is getting shouted at by Maria, who absolutely forbids her to go to Mexico. Mm. And she's looking to, to John to say, you know, will you stand up for me? Will you protect me? And John even says meekly a couple of times, like, that's enough. Like, go easy, go easy. Don't shout at her so much. And John, in the end, just sort of like lets this happen and doesn't intervene. Um, mm. I really liked this scene. And, and again, I thought this young actor conveyed very well the sense of isolation that both of her parental figures have forbidden her to do this thing. Mm. I, I thought think, she did yeah. a good performance in what is a very difficult role. I think like, she did a really good job. I, I yeah, did not have any reason like, <laughs> to even notice her acting. I, think I mean, great. listen, it's all art is subjective, but I'm right and you're both wrong. So we know which way this is going. Well, she won right, Best Supporting Actress for this. So In what? In this. No, I, what, Best really? Supporting Actress of what? Uh, the National Film and TV Awards, which I've heard of. Mm. Wow. I've heard of it as much as I've heard of, like, the Tonys, but, like... Good for her. She won an award for this acting! Okay. Alright. Pull back! It's a child! I mean, listen, I, I think that an important part of being a child is learning that sometimes people will not like all of the stuff that you do, right? It's valuable feedback! Well, I mean, if you're listening, which obviously you are. Um, yeah, of course. Why you did you? a really good job in, in a lot of scenes that are going to come up in a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yvette Montreal, I thought you were really good. Wow, guess how old she is. How old? She's older than me. Oh, oh, okay. oh she's well, not a child. I know it was dog shit. I don't know what the fuck she <laughs> was doing. You. Thank you. <laughs> she's yeah. she's mm-hmm. 31. 
She was 31? Like a, she was in her late 20s when she filmed this. <laughs> she was in her late 20s when she... Man, we need she's to She's just one of those actors who looks cinema. like she's like you were, 17. You were, really, you were really grading on a curve where you thought she was like 16. I thought she was the age her character is. Yeah, I thought she yeah. was like fucking yeah. just about to go off to uni. Like, she's like, oh, she hasn't been acting long, maybe. It is like, oh, no, she she no, probably no. hasn't been acting long, to be fair, like late 20s. I Well, however old she is, I thought she did a good job. I gotta tell you, I'm in my late 20s and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, so... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm a like a year older than her. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, um, of course she defies them and she goes to Mexico anyway. She turns the car around. She goes to Mexico. The great thing is, is when when the Mexican the movie border happens, you won't be surprised. Looms into shot. There are very low in the mix sinister maracas. There are, and it's like, <laughs> oh. I also want to highlight that throughout because we had two scenes of people persuading her not to go to Mexico. Someone said the phrase, people don't change, once a minute for five minutes. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, just, true. okay, yeah, that's the, the moral of the story. So when she, when she crosses the border into Mexico, Mexico is filmed <laughs> as ah, dirty. Yellow, not yeah. yet, not yet. They hold off on it. Not yet. Off. But it's dirty. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are men standing around looking at her. There's a lot of graffiti. It's like animals yes. in the streets. It is, it is definitely filmed as like a hostile place to be. She's presumably meant to be in like Tijuana, right? But mm. then there's a long shot. It doesn't shot. give you an establishing name. It doesn't. No, no, no. It's, it's all Mexico. But like, it, it's supposed to be like Tijuana, I assume. But then there's a shot of the ocean, which would make it mm. like, I don't know. Given that it's Arizona, like Monterey, maybe? I don't know. But like. It's very odd. The other thing about Mexico in this movie is that it's always nighttime. That's one of the main yes. things about Mexico. This is the only yeah. time that it's day, is when she arrives. And she meets her friend, Giselle. Oh, now I want to talk about this bit a little bit. Yeah. So, okay, right. There, there are several reasons why I wanted to get a Mexican or Mexican-American guest on this show. And I wasn't able to, and I feel very badly about it, right? And anything that I say about this, I'm probably going to mangle. So I apologize in advance, right? But on the other hand, I did save at least one Mexican or Mexican-American person from having to see this movie. So, you know, swings and roundabouts, right? So, so uh, Gabrielle, right, she's pretty anglicized, right? She's, she doesn't speak, like, a lot of Spanish. She mostly speaks English as, like, her first language. And she's, like, relatively speaking, like, middle class, like, considering. She's, like, wearing a jean jacket and, like, a nice bangle and stuff. Now, she knocks on her old school friend's door. And the fucking the woman who opens the door is fully a Nick Mullen bit. She's wearing she looks like she just got out of LA County jail, right? She's wearing the full Chola makeup. She's got like lip liner. She's wearing the shirt that's only buttoned at the top. And it's like, okay, I see the divide you're making here about Mexicanness. And it's fucking racist yeah. as shit. She like really drinks bad. and she's like very openly sexual and she wears like a lot of makeup and it's like yes. she's definitely coded as like this is a bad girl. And it Yeah, that, which is what you become if you like live in Mexico. Yeah, for long yeah. Enough. It's a bad girl in a black fucking racist way. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, it's disappointing. It's, it's, it's just like that's not but it's such an American and specifically like a white American's idea of Mexico, right? It's like very, very weird. Speaking of white people's ideas of Mexico, though, now it's the evening time, and that lasts uh, pretty much till the end of the film. That's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes evening. Now we have engaged yellow mode. Yes. Yeah. 
We have we have dunked the camera in a bucket of piss. It's the return of my old nemesis, color grading. Now, hmm. there's something really funny that happens later on where like an establishing shot is graded normally, and then it cuts in, and it's like the close-ups are like fucking fluorescent yellow. They're so mm-hmm. they're like tennis ball yellow. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. fucking unbelievable. Nowhere on earth looks like this. Yeah. Just you light it with yellow light, which why would you do? It's like you filmed the whole thing on the camera they took piss Christ with. Like it's like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Yeah. Well, the camera whose like lens is presumably like entirely piss. That's mm. right. I'm getting two photographers confused there, but yes, sure. <laughs> so, so like she, like she goes with her friend to find her dad. And at this point, I, it occurs to me, if you just did a movie about these two girls finding her dad played completely straight, it would be like my shit completely. Yeah, it would be so like good. This scene is so fucking funny. Yes. Without meaning to be? Because instead of giving it to, like, Almodova or, like, you know, for instance, I don't know, maybe a Mexican director, they just, like, they go, she, she knocks on the door and her dad is like, I'm a piece of shit. Fuck you. Bye. Essentially, as the as the thrust of this. Yeah, she she tearfully and may I say well actedly asks uh-huh. uh, how you know why job. did you why did you leave me why did you like abandon me after my mother died um, and he just basically says I didn't care about you fuck off and don't come back it's like not much more words than that like no, no fully I don't know there's a change and I kind of like it when he stood in the doorway and he's talking to her and he's like wow you're all grown up that's crazy and then when she's like why did you leave he takes a step forward and suddenly he's out of the light of the doorway mm-hmm. and he's like fucking lit from below and he's like I don't fucking care about you go away mm-hmm. why are you mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's heavy he says, man you don't need to come back which right? is at least they just make this guy like a regular looking guy. Yeah. Like he's normal. He doesn't Yeah. Yeah. Like and based on all of the depictions of Mexican men after this, this is like yeah. you know, a, a contrast. This right? guy he, got he, off light. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He he is lucky that, you know, he he just got to be like normal guy kind of a piece of shit because she gets out of the thing, she's crying. And her friend is like, okay, you know what? You can't drive back to the United States now because, you know, of reasons. You can trust me. It's late and you're upset. It's late, you're upset. Why don't we go to the fucking club? Yeah, a really good place to go if you are upset and it's late at night is a nightclub. Crying in the club is a fucking staple. You have to have done it at least once to be a human. That's right. And so they go to the... Happy to be inhuman... They go to the sexually threatening Mexican men nightclub, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I—that's the name of it in big neon sign outside. Yeah, essentially, yeah. it's it's La Paisa, but yes. Um, I really want to talk about uh, Oswaldo Zavala's book, "The Drug Cartels Do Not Exist," right? Which is, I don't know if it's an uncritical recommend. It is in large part him settling various like intra-Mexican intellectual beefs. But he does have a bit at the beginning where he talks about the narco as a constructed social figure, which involves these like markers of being nouveau riche, being also, like of the countryside, and inevitably it's snakeskin boots, cowboy hat, big gold belt buckle, right? And every single time 
that you see a Mexican man on screen from this point on, it will be that guy with a different combination of boot or belt buckle. There were Close. in the extended cut two crime bosses in suits and ties, but I, I, I guess they went in your version. Right up until the end of the movie in which mm-hmm. they change unit quite quickly, but we'll talk about that yeah. when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she goes to this nightclub and she's doing the normal thing. She's talking to a guy at the bar and she's going, yeah, no, I'm only in town for the one night. Yeah, no, I'm emotionally <laughs> unstable right now. and Nobody knows where I am. <laughs> yeah and he's, going, and he's mm-hmm. interesting <laughs> curious yeah and he is like touching her sort of against her will and this is a noted contrast to the humble white boy who <gasps> we trust because he eventually takes no for an the answer phrase, the humble white boy <laughs> yeah, the humble, that's riley's new screen the humble, the humble white, boy. white boy get your ads just one time but, like but just the, the, com- the common the common or garden white boy right he is uh, <laughs> he, he, he transgresses your sexual boundaries also known as daddy long legs yeah but he, he, he transgresses your sexual boundaries but in a way that you don't feel that threatened by because uh, you can just push him off because he's a pussy mm-hmm. right but he's like ultimately a good guy now the idea of good guy and transgressing sexual boundaries those are coexisting peacefully within the figure of the white boy mm-hmm. now your mexican uh, David Ashford talking about the Commodore Garden white boy. <laughs> we see the white boy. The Commodore Garden white boy can be found in a number of environments. <laughs> <laughs> I've just derailed this completely with the phrase white boy, haven't Unfortunately, I? the white boys have been endangered by human beings' impact on the climate. Getting a bit hurt, song actually. That's the bit where you turn it off because that, that's I the depressing bit of it. Yeah. Oh, you hate, yeah, yeah. you hate the turn where he starts talking about the environment. Uh, You're like, all yeah. oh, right. The, you know, you, you long for the white boy to hit it in a documentary about the white boy, but you long for the white boy not to hit it in a documentary about the white girl. Uh, <laughs> and you know what that is? That's bystander. <laughs> you see the you see the white boy and he's going. <laughs> David Atmosphere, like, and he's asking the female if he can hit her DMs for just the one time. If she would let a quirked up white boy hit We're doing the Attenborough bits Because the next bit's quite dark I don't want to talk about the rest of the movie Rambo 4, 5 Jesus Christ, there's so many Rambos It is important because we gotta talk about How the Mexican dude is constructed as a rapist right? We do, alright Alright, so every Mexican man here Is sexually threatening They're leering, they're touching And they do not take no for an answer And ultimately they roofie her ass Right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to know the other thing that they do yeah, that's what's threatening the, in this what's movie? The other thing they they speak fucking Spanish. Unsubtitled Spanish. And it is left untranslated, mm-hmm. which does... Okay, so obviously that's like, you know, they're using untranslated foreign languages as part of the threatening bit of the soundscape. But that doesn't mm-hmm. even fucking make sense, because our POV character in the scene is Mexican-American and would understand what they were saying. I mean, she's 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 like a porcher. She like kind of speaks Spanish, but like, yeah, true. If you were trying to present this neutrally and normally, which obviously the Rambo series is impo- incapable of doing, you would translate the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. you're in Mexico. These people are speaking Spanish. You would leave the whole thing fucking translated, right? Mm-hmm. But they choose specifically not to on phrases that sound vaguely threatening if they're not. Yes. If you don't know what they're saying. And it's mm. it's really blatant. They do it for the whole fucking movie, and it is devastatingly racist. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but so she disappears, and the next thing we know, we're back in America, where Maria 
finds out that she lied about where she was going, and she gets John, and John gets in the truck for the roaring rampage of revenge. But before he yeah, does... Yeah, this happens immediately. There's no like yeah, scene up. where they discover she's missing, or like John no, like goes to the like school, John, or like calls the college. What do you mean? It's missing. Rambo 5. He's like, all right, I know the deal. I'll get the fucking car. Within two <laughs> minutes, he's in the truck, and he even has this line where she says, oh, the cops can't... The cops can't go south of the border. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk about the fuck. I want to talk about this line. Yes. Okay. So he gets he gets out of the house. He says cops can't cross the border, and the co- and down there they don't do shit. This is wrong in two distinct ways minimum. So a couple <laughs> of things. Cops can't cross the border. Do we know how many American cops armed are in Mexico right now? It's a lot. That like the DEA has th- that's one thing, right? The other thing, down there they don't do shit, right? For a missing American photogenic sort of quasi-whiteness teenage girl, the, the like the governor they would, would be pull there. Every fucking stop out <laughs> to find uh-huh. this girl. Mm-hmm. Like genuinely, like the fucking okay. So I I looked into this a bit, and I looked into like raised by a war veteran. Yeah, because it's a country with a government, <laughs> like law bodies. I I've looked into like kidnappings of Americans in Mexico, um, and you know it it invites comparison to another movie which I'll talk about later. But in terms of like recently, last couple of years, uh, total number I should find was like. Five, four of those were by accident, and the fifth one was an American who was like living in Mexico. Um, like it, it's like such a sort of like Fox News thing to be afraid of. Even if you're talking about kidnappings, you should mostly be talking about like express kidnappings, mm. which is like a bunch of guys make you go and get all of your money out of the ATM kind of thing, or you know, for ransom, which is another thing we'll talk about later. But in either case, the fucking like the FBI would be on you like sunburn, right? That's There's crazy. no reason to like you. you can't... Referring back to Zavala again, right? I also want to say. Like, th- there's a lot of this stuff about, like, particularly when you talk about the drug war, but often about, like, crime in Mexico in general, right? It's become fashionable to do this, like, postmodern thing where it's like, well, there's, like, bad guys on all sides, and the true thing is, like, unknowable. And to a certain extent, that's true, right? It is mm. confusing, right? But one thing you can definitively say about Mexico is there are enough American cops involved. <laughs> Do you think we like America has a problem with violating the national sovereignty of Mexico? Do you think that is something that they're concerned about? In fairness, yeah. there, and there was there was like a solve here that they could have done. They didn't need to do this because John might have said something like, "Well, it's going to take time to do that," and like the first twenty four hours are critical when someone goes missing. Sure, yeah, that might have been a way to do it. He might have been like, "You call the police. I'm going to go down there and try and find it because you know the first few hours are, are the kind of the golden the golden 24 hours, right?" Mm-hmm. So mm. that that would have worked. They didn't need to do this. Uh, it's just no. lazy. No, um, but their stance yeah. is Mexico is Mordor. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We, we cut to Gabby, who is immediately being held mm-hmm. in a sex dungeon. Oh, okay. Now, right. now the sex dun- Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, Content warning going forward. Thank you. Yeah. Once again, you may recall something I said about Rambo, the uh, Burmese Rambo, which is that much of this is porn for people who aren't aware that this is porn. Yes. And yes. exactly the same. Like, given that this starts with a woman being dragged around on a dog collar to establish the like sexual dominance of a Mexican dude. Yeah. This is a hundred percent torture porn. Yeah. Right. 
Um, and again, right, I want to contrast this with not a great movie in a lot of ways, a flawed movie in a lot of ways, but have you guys seen Man on Fire? No. I haven't, no. Denzel Washington movie. He is, he's looking after a little girl in Mexico as a bodyguard, and she gets kidnapped, right? It's, it's like problematic in a lot of ways, but it understood the point of kidnapping, right, in a lot of ways, which is, particularly if you're kidnapping an American, what you want is ransom, right? Like, and this is another reason why it is not commonly done, is because like that's a difficult thing to do increasingly, and like it kind of fell out of fashion after the 90s, um, and it's like, yeah, one thing that's kind of implausible is to kidnap an American, immediately traffic her into sex work, along with a bunch of other women that you have trafficked into like forced sex work in a dungeon. It's just, it's pure exploitation. I'm, like, sure, I'm sure that this sort of thing does happen in real life occasionally, but it... Th well, this is the thing, right? Like, if, if you make a claim like that, which this movie does, you have to evidence it. And I, I, I think, like, particularly there's a responsibility to you here for, like, for a piece of fiction, because this is so starkly a racist narrative that I don't... I think it's, like, often a thing, particularly with Mexico. I think it's a particularly pernicious and racist attitude about Mexico that, like, you can say any old shit. Yes. And because, like terrifying and strange things have happened, you can say, this terrifying and strange thing, well, I don't know if it's happened, but surely at some point, maybe. And it's like, mm. well, I mean, why, though? You know, like, a lot of the stuff that happens, no one is shy about describing. Mm. Um, and we're having to, like, introduce this phenomenon, and we're having to introduce it to uh, this presumably American citizen and it's like it strikes me as this this gross insult when you consider the sort of the scale of human trafficking uh, and femicide and mm -hmm. disappearances in Mexico mm -hmm. and who the victims are, which is Mexicans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, my point was though that whilst I'm sure this sort of thing does happen, and that you know the legitimate subject matter to make a film about if you wanted to, the way that this film depicts it is extremely graphic, and as you say, Alice, oh, pornographic yeah. and. Certainly, this this comes to later on. I contrast this film to Taken, which deals with mm. similar subject matter and, and does is a bit kind of graphic in places, but isn't anywhere near as as grotesque mm -hmm. as, and stark in its depictions as this is. Um, it it really is like pornographic. Like as you say, Alice, she, mm -hmm. she's being dragged around on a leash, and this guy like, calls them dogs and stuff. There's not really any mm -hmm. need for this. No, and I mean, just aside from anything else, I. It does occur to me how much money versus how much risk are you exposing your your criminal organization to by pimping out an American teenager? Mm -hmm. uh, not not, not to say that like criminals are always rational, but it, it stretches the bounds of credulity. But anyway, um, Rambo he like gets his nineteen eleven. Uh, he like gets in his truck and he goes to Mexico. It is illegal to bring firearms into Mexico. And big signs in English at the border facing the United States. You can't. God, that was anyway. so fun. Is it illegal to bring them? Is it illegal to bring them to the yellow bit of Mexico where he's going? <laughs> oh, the, the yellow bit's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Everything from yeah. the Sonora and the Chihuahuan Desert mm. down is like. After that, yeah. you can't bring any guns. Like by our California, the yellow no zone is for crimes only. <laughs> yeah. So, so he he enters Mexico. He enters. What again is like? Sorry, Baja California. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. It, it really, really looks like the sort of American imagination of Tijuana, right? Mm. And again, I I want to talk about cops again, right? Because I I have a lot of thoughts about police, 
And okay, there are two things that you definitely cannot say about the Mexican drug war, right? One is that there are not enough American cops involved. Two is that there are not enough Mexican cops involved. And mm. as he's driving through Tijuana, what strikes me is total absence of Mexican cops when they are ubiquitous, particularly in border towns. You don't even mm -hmm. have like the state police pick up like a guy hanging off the back with a machine gun. And it's like part of the reason why like you can talk about like drug cartels and drug trafficking and the war on drugs is like this sort of like varying complicities and loyalties of different bits of the Mexican government and different bits of Mexican law enforcement. But they do exist, right? They are mm -hmm. there. <laughs> Like very visibly, and it's like, no. Th what this has done is it has made Mexico into anarchy, as opposed to you know even the sort of like most aggressive theory of Mexico is like a failed state, at least in part. Mm -hmm. Right? Still, like, understands that it has cops. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. just that they're like negotiable. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I just think about that a lot because the idea of like constructing like you know this very large country as total anarchy is. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not like anyone comes after John for what he does in the rest of this film. No, no. Um, Bizarre. No. Um, anyway, so he goes to the Yellow District uh, where Gabby's father lives and he kicks the door in um, mm. and says, where is she, where is she? And he's like, I don't fucking know. Like, she was here, but then she wasn't here. She went off with her friend, right? Um, and John's like, I should have broken your neck your neck 10 years ago and then leaves. He throws his pills away because the pills, mm. they make you gay. Yeah, yeah that's true. If you have a medical condition, taking the pills for that throws away his estradiol pills. That's that's weak. The, the only <laughs> cure for PTSD that lasts is being racist, and Rambo is back on the racism cure. Mm. That's fucking yes. right. He's back, baby. <laughs> he goes to Giselle's. Uh, he God, he does, sees... doesn't he? Fuck, he threatens the shit out of this young yeah. girl, huh? He, he, she he sees acts that this she's fucking well. She does well. Yeah. He he sees that she's wearing. Uh, Gabrielle's like bangle from her dead mum, mm -hmm. and is like, uh, okay, well, you, you clearly have set her up then. Mm. Um, she denies and... this very, very stridently. Like, we, we know that she's lying, and we're like, yeah, it's really good acting from her. And mm -hmm. he sticks a big fucking knife in the kitchen table and he says, uh, take me to that nightclub where I'm going to hurt you real bad. The, the problem with Mexican women, as we know, is that they're not threatened enough with male violence. Mm -hmm. um, and as such, like, you know tremendously vulnerable to it in a way that is like gonna get Rambo what he wants. He he grips her by the wrist as well and like holds her. He's, he's directly physically it violent to her. Yeah, it's, it's horrific. He he gets he gets into the same nightclub, La Paisa, with her. And I, I always wonder how guys who are clearly on revenge missions always get let into nightclubs. See, yeah, if I was a bouncer, I would be like, no. <laughs> you are yeah, clearly always, on like, a roaring rampage of revenge. Lowering. They're always wearing like a big jacket and boots. Um, clearly and carrying like, a gun under there, are yeah. we, He's He is not in nightclub attire. I'll say that mm -hmm. for fucking no, free. No. <laughs> it would have been funny to see him dress up in nightclub attire. <laughs> To get it, he should have like served cunt when he was going yeah. in, right? Like mesh, like mm. eyeliner. Come should have on. been like, well, if you're gonna go into this club, we gotta dress you up. And then the next shot is Rambo, like up in like mesh top, like yeah. He should mm. be rocking up wearing a cowboy hat, wearing a, like mm. all that kind of shit too. Wearing that latex cat suit, I went out to the club in the other night. Mm. He should. So so he makes uh, Giselle point out uh, El Flaco. The sorry, El Flaco, as they pronounce it, uh, skinny guy. Uh, the you know the guy who yeah. probably like who she was last seen with, right? And he like follows him out, but as he does, there is There's about a sort of fifty to sixty establishing shots of a woman. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah. for you know to pay attention to her. Sort of mm-hmm. wide-eyed, whiter-looking Mexican woman mm-hmm. watching. And at which point I write write down, is she gonna be like a federale or is she gonna be like a crusading journalist? That's exactly what I wrote down. I wrote down journalist alert. Yeah, same. <laughs> yep. Good casting by whoever cast that role. Like that's yeah. a face that says journalist. It's like no, you, you need you need somebody to like hold up to say like we're not racist against Mexicans, right? We know that Mexico is a country that's experiencing a great deal of civil strife, and we we salute its heroes who are struggling against that. Whether that's you know like some federal agency or whatever, or like you know the the one honest state cop, or whatever, or more commonly, crusading journalist. Might have been good if they'd cast a Mexican actor Always though. Everyone's so sad about Berta Caceres. Should just not mm. killed her. How about that? Mm. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, mm. um, and yeah, again, just like talking about like U.S. responsibility at the mm. end of all of this is like this lady uh, kind of know, looks impossible. a little bit like a Spanish Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I say that as somebody who kind of looks like Phoebe Waller Bridge. Brackets not Spanish. So mm. I just want to head something off really quickly. I know Bertha Caceres is um, Honduran. I just want to make that really clear that I know she's not Mexican. Mm-hmm. I could feel the email being typed. Just like <laughs> I, I'm using it as a general status. So, like, Rambo follows El Flaco out, she mm-hmm. follows him out. Uh, Rambo gets the guy to his truck, where he is, like, trying to have sex with a woman, mm-hmm. ambushes him, stabs him a couple of times. Yeah. Stabs him in the leg to, like, stop him from running away, at which I write down, you know you got a ephemeral yes. artery. Really big vein in the, in the leg. Yeah. Well, artery, obviously. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, my favorite bit of this is what Rambo does for the ultraviolence here is he like gouges his collarbone. Out. Oh, this yeah. is very um, graphic. It's quite disturbing. And, yeah. Yeah. But like as as he's gouging his collarbone out, there's a reverse shot where the guy reaches for Rambo with both hands, which I really like. <laughs> really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! I hadn't clocked that shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 Rambo's like, okay, take take me to like where my surrogate daughter is. And then guys like, uh, please do not pull my other collarbone out. Fine. Yeah, he threatens to snap the collarbone. Did you off. guys in your cut? Did you get the scene where they're being bossed around in the sex dungeon by a woman? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. they like where a woman just tells them to cooperate or else. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is just like, it's just what is the value of this beyond sort of like. It's like a deniable pornography. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me, is that we've included this scene so we're not just like, it's not just all men doing it. Yeah. Deniable pornography is a great name for a band, by the way. It's, it's a great name for this phenomenon, I think. Uh, mm. I'll start talking about it in terms of like stuff like hostile. Yeah, we should um, coin a phrase. We've a co- have we coined a phrase yes, before? Yes, I really hope we don't encounter okay. any more of that particular genre on this podcast, but I fear I mean, that we shall. Part of the problem is that like it's so ubiquitous that it gets into like, Damn near every genre, mm-hmm. and I mean, in some ways, different from others. Like you know, we're all familiar with the kind of like teen sex comedy that is in part deniable pornography, mm-hmm. right? But in action movies and horror movies, it's much more sort of like like a fucked mm-hmm. non-consensual version of BDSM, mm-hmm. and it's like really gross. Mm-hmm. So Rambo like goes with this guy to the barrio, which is uh, like. Up a hill. Um, it, it's yeah. He's so bad at this. <laughs> so yellow. He's even he, more yeah, I, yellow. <laughs> I have a fucking like screenshot open on my other monitor to not let myself get too nice to this movie. It's just the most <laughs> yellow shit I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy. Yeah. Um. He 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 like walks in the place. 
immediately the Alcones are like, you know, fucking, hey, uh, an enormous man is here. <laughs> he is immediately made. There's a couple, which huge I, old guy. Yeah, there's a couple of shots of him where he's like standing out so badly, and I'm like, you're so out of practice, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and somebody's like texting on a mobile phone or whatever. For a man who was once asked to infiltrate a POW camp, you're really not good at infiltrating things. Yeah, <laughs> truly. I can't infiltrate shit. Gone rusty. Those skills have just like atrophied. Um, mm. And like more and more cartel guys just start like gently following him until they not so gently confront him. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So he becomes extremely the... surrounded, and we meet our two main villains, uh, who are mm. Hugo and Victor Martinez, uh, brothers, sex traffickers, gangsters, nasty guys. Mm-hmm. Hugo is the one who like hits him with the Juanito Rambo, which is <laughs> yeah, I do okay. think that's funny. I don't know. Hugo is the slightly <laughs> more like uh, sophisticated, would you say, one the one who's slightly more calm, and Victor Victor is the one who's the crazy. He's the Joker. Mm-hmm. We've seen mm-hmm. him doing yeah. cocaine. They, they, so they get Rambo's ID, they find out what he's there for, they kick the shit out of him. They kick the shit out of him. He, he did not think this out at all. He's yeah. so out yeah. of practice. It's, it's, I like that. I mean, the like, the getting the shit kicked out of him makeup and effects mm. are actually very good. Like, they go, they get a like swollen face very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he like sexually menaces Rambo's daughter, like, to him mm. some more. Yeah. And it's like, it gives Hugo gives this speech, which is so over the top. He may as well have just like knelt in front of Rambo's face and said, "Mr. Rambo, I am a misogynist." <laughs> yeah, he, said, he, he says that these are I like. I do not respect women. I have yeah. never drunk the respecting women juice, and I never right. will. No, because right. the threat is like He's... these girls mean nothing to me or my customers. But because of you, I am now going to pay special attention. Yeah, I'm actually going to yeah, treat her worse. Yeah, the, the line, the line is that you know, ha- had you not showed up, we would have trained her, used her, and sold her. Which again, it's porn. It's porn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but so he has like Victor scar Rambo again because this motherfucker loves to get like scarred. Yeah, they did um, this in Rambo too. He's always having his fa- initials cut into his face. How do they find the room? <laughs> Bro looks like an old tree. He's fucked. He's <laughs> mostly got initials in his face. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's got like lovers coming up to him and just carving like big hearts yeah. onto his leg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, but then uh, they they do likewise to Gabrielle, while also oh, this scene was really upsetting. wasting perfectly good heroin, getting her addicted to heroin. Yeah, this this scene was so really got like, quite difficult to watch. Actually, it's galling. It's genuinely repulsive, and it's like it's one of those things where. And again, I come back to like deniable pornography here because I think it's one of these things that is intended to be repulsive, but then for like some segment of both the people making it and the audience also titillating. And I think trying to have it both ways. I think it's yeah. trying to like conceal the one with the other by being like, look at how bad this is and fucking jerking off under the table. I mean, you know? I mean not to be like my mum about it, but like there, there were a couple of, and I had to do this often. There were points in this film where I genuinely had to look away because I was just yeah. like, oh, this is just too awful to watch. Mm-hmm. I know that makes me sound like a bit of a fucking old lady and not a super cool no, sexy no, podcaster. No, no, not at all. It's, it's like, trying to shock you. Yeah, and it, the fact that it's successful at that by going for sort of cheap heat, yeah. as it were. Well, much like Rambo Four, it feels like one of those comedians. It's like, are you triggered? Are you triggered? Are you owned? And I'm like, like yes. yes, actually, I am. And what have you gained from this? Like, yes, you've mm-hmm. upset me. Congratulations. Mm. Like, no, I don't. I actually, don't like watching this. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So Rambo gets his ass kicked, and then he gets rescued by the journalist. Mm-hmm. He gets like stitched up. 
she gets a like rape montage. Like there really is no better way of putting it. That's than that. basically like, it. Yeah. Uh, who who she, does Gabby? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. She's uh, given a lot of drugs and other things are mm-hmm. implied. Um, but John wakes up in this uh, journalist's flat and she says, I'm an independent crusading journalist, John Rambo. Um, so, so, yeah, we, we find out that this woman is a journalist. We also find out that her sister was, like, disappeared by the same brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Rambo's like, okay, I have had four days to, to heal up my face where I've been in, like, a coma or whatever. He's fine. And there's, there's, like, a hammer that she's got for some DIY out. And he's like, okay. I'll be right back. I'm gonna do some um, old boy shit. Okay, he's not yeah. thinking this through. <laughs> no. And also, Raid Two did it better. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, no question. So he he goes to a brothel. Yeah. Uh, and hammers the shit out of everybody, like mm. Hotline Miami style. And yeah. I, I, the first thing is, right, brothel he goes to is the one where Gabby yeah. is being held. I I just I extraordinary think stroke. about the end of Taxi Driver. Right, and how mm-hmm. one thing that Scorsese managed to capture in that is that if you're a sex worker, having your rapist slash abuser slash employer slash sole drug supp- supplier splattered all over you is not doing you that much of a favor. Mm-hmm. It's very right? clear too. They make it clear. Like all the girls, are like, no, I'm not leaving. What are you talking? Like everyone, he walks into the room and hits mm-hmm. the guy with a hammer and then like says to the girl, "Come on, let's go." And she's like, "No, what are you fucking insane? It's like, why go mm-hmm. where? What? With no, this, like." Yeah, uh, but he does find Gabby, who is, I mean, okay, it's been four days. All right. And so in four days, she is covered in, tr- she looks like the Amy Winehouse map of the Croydon tram link, right? Like, in four days. How do you, like. <laughs> she's had a lot of heroin. She's had so much fucking heroin in four days, dude. It, like, she is coated. Either that, or the person injecting her with a small amount of heroin was very bad at injecting it. Mm. <laughs> well, they got someone who used to work in the gender identity clinic as a phlebotomist <laughs> to do some fucking heroin. Yeah, they came yeah. and said, do you want to do something less cruel? <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, you're a bleeder. Oh, uh, you're a bleeder. Uh, uh, so, yeah, she, she she looks like shit. Uh, he, he like, carries her She's out in a very bad there. way. She's had them. Yeah. yeah. Once again, after Rambo Burma... All of these other women can just go fuck themselves, I guess. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, grim. that's the thing, basically, is that he takes this broad and leaves. Mm. Yeah. Takes, takes her, puts her in the truck, leaves, drives northward. Everyone else, fuck them. They immediately get out of Tijuana. They're on, like, a desert road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mate, absolutely just makes it through these border checkpoints with... Um, I believe they're still in Mexico. They're still in Mexico at this, at this point. Well, they're in a minute. Right, because John John here makes a, a, a critical error, which we'll mention later. Um, but driving back, you know, Gabby is speaking in and out of consciousness. And we do get a nicely written bit where John is trying to encourage her. And he says how proud of her uh, he is and how much life she still has ahead. And he says that, you know, you being good and innocent and being a part of my life has helped me to get better and become mellower since the events of Rambo 4 when I killed all those people in Burma. Mm-hmm. Rip that guy's throat out. Um, and then as is the franchise's way, she immediately dies. Yeah, she dies of plot, and I write down call an ambulance. Exactly! Why yeah. didn't you take her to the hospital? Don't you put her in a car idiot. and was like, stay awake. 
What do you mean? She's dying. I just have to get you back to America. And then I guess you'll like heal because it's like when you come up from the depths in fucking Tears of the Kingdom mm-hmm. and your hearts yep. will be restored. Yep. What? No, take it to a fucking hospital, you fucking ape. They have those in Mexico. You can look it up. She loses consciousness. And again, I write down call. And I- presumably this is an overdose. They have great hospitals in Mexico. Not only will they heal her overdose, they'll also give her a great fucking breast augmentation while you're there for cheap. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> literally, right, okay. It, are you familiar with a little chemical called naloxone? Your friend and mine. You can carry some. You can get some, and you can carry it around. And a great thing about it is, when somebody's dying of, a, of an opioid overdose, it, you just it, you, you hit them with some of that. You can't anymore. It's, it's all being used by cops for fentanyl now. Uh, shame. Yeah. I so, know. They yeah. should have taken it to the hospital, dumbass. Oh wait, twenty nineteen. Yeah, he could have. Hundred percent. It could have. Mm-hmm. Should have. Should have just got some naloxone. It's also known as Narcan. It. You know, if you can find it in your jurisdiction and it's legal for you to carry around, do that. Just hold it on. Like, a, just in case. It's a good thing to do. You may not need it. You probably won't need it. But just in case. It's like it's having nice insulin on you. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, being Narcan by all accounts fucking sucks because it's like turning all the pain receptors in your body back on at once. But it does stop you dying of an, an, an like an opioid overdose, which is what she's, I guess, doing here. Yeah. And if you call an ambulance, John Rambo, they would probably get to you faster than an English one would. Yeah. So Rambo killed this girl by um inaction, yeah, basically. It's like child no. neglect, hundred percent. Fully. Um, um. But but fortunately, fortunately for when him, when all he- you've got is a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't hammer someone out of an overdose, is one thing I'll say. Mm. But she dies, and he makes it back to yeah. the ranch in Arizona of her on the... On the he he illegally crosses do that? How does he yeah. do that? With great ease by driving through a single fence. It's, it's like a, a barbed wire fence, like not a high one, like, a, like an agricultural barbed wire fence where it's like two strands of wire mm. and a sign that says, US border, please no quasi. And <laughs> I gotta tell you, they're building a real fucking big ass border. Like, mm. The border wall comes up later. They're there are shots of it. One. <laughs> Literally. It's not just the Rio Grande, they're building a full wall. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so he crosses the border immediately. And uh, it'll take ages to tear that down. Yeah. Ah, but it's necessary. It'll be worth it. Important. And and Maria's like, uh, you know, sees that her surrogate daughter has died and is distraught. There's uh, a nice wide shot here where Rambo mm, walks up to her and like tries to tell her. He's. It looks like he's trying to hold her, but she just like brushes him off and runs to the car. Yeah, I like that because it's it's a wide shot. There's no fucking voices. It's silent. I think it's. Mm-hmm. There's like four or five good shots in this movie, and every one of them I look at it and I'm like, fuck, fuck, mm-hmm. it could have been good. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we go back to the brothel where, where the two brothers are like, ah, it's that crazy guy, Juanito Rambo, who like did all the shit. We got to get his ass. Like, we got to get him back. Because why? Yeah. Because why, though? Why didn't they just cut yeah. their losses? Like, they fully were fine. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so, like, Rambo begins... Well, they, they bury Gabby. 
Mm. And um, Maria says, I'm going to go and live with my sister for a while. There's nothing for me here. John mm. tells her, I'm just going to resume drifting like the start of Rambo 1. Good. Which I would like have been that. good. I liked it too. Yeah. But no, actually, he's going to do the plot of Home Alone. Yeah, wrong. Yes. So here's where the different movie starts. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that when I watched this <laughs> yeah. movie, there were two movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was the first one that was like, I don't know, like it was racist, sure. But it was like, there was like, it was slow. They were trying to build something here. They had like a, a girl for him. Then, then the second movie is, do you remember Rambo 2? Mm-hmm. Remember Rambo 4? Mm-hmm. We're doing it again, mm. baby. So we had right. the first five minutes of Logan, and then we had the like forty-five it minutes sucks. of Taken, and now we have like the Equalizer. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's like a <laughs> shitty cake with yeah. like some quite nice icing. Yeah, because we have to have some paranoid home defense shit because that's that's that kind of porn now. Well, yeah, it, and like genuinely, the side the idea here is that the cartels, the cartels themselves, already like a sort of like questionable figure, are going to attack. A farm in America. This is he Elon Musk's genuinely <laughs> fantasy shit. Preparing for the Mexican cartel again. Yeah, as you said, yeah. questionably if this is even a thing. Come across the fucking border to Arizona and mm-hmm. commit like some sort of large scale assault upon his ranch. That is what he yes. is expecting to happen. Well, he's gonna he's gonna bait them into it though. But the, so, but the thing that the Mexicans don't realize is that this man's been in Vietnam and he knows this man is insane. This yes. man is this man has been hobby tunneling for several fucking years. He is seventy five years old, and he huge on tunnel top knows all the punji steak shit. Mm-hmm. And he won't stop doing it. This is this is my favorite part of the movie, like earnestly in a sort of like way I can laugh at. Because what they do is a montage of him setting up traps, and that's like got inspirational heroic music over it mm. that keeps going as the traps get less and less rational. And as we cut to like <laughs> the, to the like solemn shit. string of uh, uh, the like you know mournful music over the noise of him hitting a claymore mine with a hammer to affix it to a beam. I just—he's doing awesome. He's setting up the punji sticks. He's got the fu- He's like got gasoline and a big trench that he's cut across mm-hmm. the fucking mm-hmm. land. Yeah, he builds a flame for gas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he fucking does. He's like, he's got all this shit. He's got a map. It keeps cutting back to him with this map of the ranch, and he is just putting big, like, sharpie X's on this mm-hmm. map. And I'm like, God, I hope you have written something more detailed somewhere else. <laughs> he's putting a big X where he's done something and he sharpens the letter opener he sharpens the letter (laughs) they do a bit where he like practices a throw and the throw is dog shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like he's throwing this fucking throwing knife he he forges another knife because that's what he does every time he's upset we've established that dog shit throw he has a photo of gabrielle with him because this is what she would have wanted i'm pretty sure Pretty yeah, sure. I'm pretty sure. I remember she was an artist. They made a big hay of that yeah. earlier in the movie. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, as badly, she might have wanted an ambulance. Mm. No. <laughs> Probably wanted some naloxone, yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> she wanted a lot of things, right? But she's dead and it's roaring rampage of fucking revenge time, all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes back to Mexico to see Carmen. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Before we do that, I do want to say one thing, which is I have... A suggestion, a world-class suggestion for how this movie could have gotten an Academy Award and changed Sylvester Stallone's whole yeah. career, <gasps> right? Which is, you make this exact same movie, right? You don't change a fucking thing about it, except I've been thinking about uh, the book Waiting for the Barbarians by Jam Curtsy a lot. And then what you do is you have him build all of the traps up to the bit we just talked about, and then 
you, you run out the last half hour with nobody showing up. Nothing fucking happens because mm-hmm. they're in Mexico. Yeah, and he just has they to, like, to let it go. live with it, like, in his sort of, like, paranoid farm full of traps waiting to go off. Maybe he can have the end be like he, like, fucking claymores himself. Yeah, I don't accidentally know. sets like, off a trap. Slowly pull back and just see this, like, paranoid old man with a shotgun yeah. on, a, on a rocking yeah. chair just, like, pulling exactly. back and back. Yeah, you, really you, do, you can even do the same ending, but, like, you just nobody shows up. He doesn't have mm. to kill anybody. Yeah, like, nobody you can't kill up. anybody. The Alice just, cut. Yeah. It's only an hour yeah, long. That's mm. the Alice cut. You could genuinely, like, fan make that. But, like, so instead what he does is... He goes back to Mexico to provoke them into coming after him, which is accidentally a better explanation for a lot of the sort of like home defense paranoia. It's like, no, it's it's like defending defending my home against the people I've deliberately provoked. I gotta tell you, the scene where they decide to go after him could have been cut and it would have made no fucking difference. Truly. But he goes to Carmen and Carmen says, you can't change anything. You've just got to move on. And he says, I can't move on. Feels like my heart's been pulled out of my chest. I want revenge. Yeah, decent scene. I'm also very pro revenge, as just yeah. as a person. Yeah. So I this has been on record. Revenge is good, actually. Yeah, one way of uh, of moving past trauma is to defeat the enemy that caused it. Mm-hmm. I think we're all clear about that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I like his sort of like advocacy for revenge, and I also like the characterization of Rambo as a guy who is like unable to move past anything that has ever happened to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he only like he can only displace it into something else that requires revenge, which is interesting. Yeah. Again, unintentionally about a movie. Yeah, he, he he goes to like El Flaco's place. He like stabs a couple of guys. We do get very quietly something something surprising, which is we see Maria uh, praying to a big spooky skeleton relic, and I suspect that what they've slipped in there, not that I can prove this, is a very rare positive depiction of Santa Muerte. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. where. Anytime else it comes up in, in Hollywood, it's like, that's the fucking Mexican death religion, dude. Yeah. It's like, no, you found a you found a good way to like, you know, uh sort of Im- imbue this with some shit. It's, uh, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm unfamiliar, but I trust you. Mm. Um Thank you. The other the thing I noticed is that he's using the fucking letter opener in this scene yeah. to kill all yeah. these mm-hmm. men. He's using yeah. the fucking letter opener. Remember mm-hmm. the letter opener? He's using yeah, it. Sure. <laughs> we don't see what he does to Victor, but in we the We don't morning- see what he does to our antagonist. No. Our established antagonist who has a character. An interesting thing. I, this, there's this uh, Netflix series called Voir, which is a series of like essays about cinema, and one of them is mentioned sort of like the revenge movie. Um and says that one of the things that, you know, it's 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 easiest to do with a, a character who has died, who is the like, you know, uh, inciting incident for revenge, is you reduce them to a token, right? Yeah. Um yes. whether that's like, you know, John Wick's dog, right, mm-hmm. is a token of revenge. In this case, the letter opener is a token of revenge. And once you notice this, you can't stop seeing it. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, no, you you take a character who is not very well sketched out, and you retain that like emotional locus by like you know focusing it down into an object. Right? I've done this in um, stuff that I've written. It's good. I mean, it works. It's, it's an effective strategy. Like it's yeah. this is this is the letter opener. He's using it to kill people. He kills the antagonist. He's one of our named antagonists of the movie who had a and character Flaco, yeah. off screen. And that's fine. Flaco Trap House. He enters the Flaco, Flaco Trap House. House. Okay. <laughs> well, the Rambo <laughs> Trap House is the one he's just mm-hmm. built. <laughs> but, oh, fuck, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You teased me up for that. It was a real hey, easy nice. little punch I, I up. I do the assists. I don't even know I'm doing it's it. It's so much easier to punch up than to come up with something new, please. He, he, he like, he decaffeinates the guy. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Decapitates him, actually. Uh, he doesn't just, de- doesn't just decaffeinate ever, ever him. Ever since I see Hot Fuzz, I, I can't. 
help but to say decaffeinate when I mean decapitate because I think it's funny every time. And it is. I can't stop. Please help me. Nah. Um, so, Hugo so, finds his brother decaffeinated um, with Gabby's <laughs> picture stabbed into yeah. him. With the letter yes. opener. John dumps his head onto the highway. I do want to say at one minute, f- at one hour, four minutes in a one hour, 29 minute movie, this is the first and only appearance of Mexican cops. And mm-hmm. all they're doing is sort of like standing outside shoulder to shoulder with the cartel guys with AKs. And it's like, that is so perfect in a complete misunderstanding mm-hmm. of Mexico that it almost circles back around again to being an accidental point about police corruption. It's really good. They hard cut to, yeah, they, they hard cut to like a siren going off and then obviously it's untranslated Mexican. Of course. Yeah, un- un- we're in Mexico and they're untranslating it. Um, and it's just like square brackets, reporters clamoring in Spanish. And you're like, great, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing. So what they got to do at this point is go on their own roaring rampage of revenge. I want to I highlight one, one thing that is really funny. There is a shot of Rambo in his car where he's like, you see his face in the, in the wing mirror. That's the way they've set this shot up. And it's mm-hmm. distorted in such a way that it is deeply, deeply funny. <laughs> it's just like he's, it's a one that the episode 35. Up? It's so fucking funny. Let's please make that the episode. Yeah, up. okay. I'll so, figure out a way. So what they do is they go on their own roaring rampage of revenge. If you set out on a journey of revenge, you should first dig 50 to 60 tunnels. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and then they send the fucking cartel spec ops squad to Arizona. Yeah, they're pretty kitted up, these guys. Uh. They, well, I have, I have some thoughts about that, actually. But they use the, the border tunnel that they have yeah. to, to kill one guy because he decaffeinated their boy. Mm-hmm. And... At least we do prove that the border wall is useless because we get some long shots of the border wall here, and they just go under it. Mm-hmm. And as you That's say, they're a, all kissed. Another up. Republican mm. talking point. If we're keeping right. track yep. in the Rambo series, that's three. The, the border wall should go like sixty feet underground as mm. well. Yeah. Well, the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a tunnel is a good guy with several tunnels. Yeah, we want to make sure not even fucking worms can migrate in that area. <laughs> that's right, bastards and. And so they show up and they're like convoy of SUVs. Um, uh, the fucking the one brother is wearing that one airsoft crossdraw vest that you get for cheap when you Google cheap tactical vest. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, what happens is Rambo takes out the first truck of them with the massive flame fugace that like blows up all of his fields <gasps> and you would hope make someone call the cops it, right okay starting now i think it wasn't the postman this is a different movie and it's yeah. fine but it's uh-huh. a different movie uh-huh. he just has like a pressure plate in his dr- what if the mailman yeah right but what like- if postman pat and jess just got fucking <laughs> annihilated because they tried to deliver yeah. an amazon package to rambo that's <laughs> what you get. I'm sorry, Jess. It's a sh- it's a shame. Postman is back and is back in the whole the whole rest of the movie. Oh, Mrs. Is... Goggins isn't getting those flowers. After they this. got Fireman Sam coming in to deal with mm. it. It's fine. Every every like Rambo movie has a court ordered Rambo is hunting us scene, and this is the the rest of the movie is the Rambo is hunting these men scene. The, the stance that the Rambo series takes, basically, is that experiencing guerrilla warfare makes you an expert in it. This, yeah. Everything this man has ever done has been a Viet Cong tactic. 
Yes. Yeah. Not yeah, American, even slightly. So you remember that scene in in First Blood where the cops go into the forest and he uses the like forest traps ah, and shit to get them. First yeah. Blood. That, the reason that scene was good was because it raised the stakes. And it also mm. told us something about the character, which is like, oh, fuck, this guy really is like proper fucking mental. And it came yeah. like in the first or second act. Later movies like Rambo's 2, 3, 4, and now 5 make that the final act. And it, it's not entertaining anymore because it doesn't raise the stakes. It doesn't tell us anything new because it's just violence. It's just like yeah. he's doing cool Rambo shit. And it's like, uh, and I already know this. The final act uh, should be him crying every time. All yeah, right, 100%. that's what they should have taken forward from Rambo One. Is they should have been yeah. like, it's good if the Daniel One is him crying mm. for sure. So, so the the cartel guys descend into the Death Squad, descend into the tunnels, and Rambo. This is a whole unit we've not seen before. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doubt. I, I don't know. The cartel's a spec ops squad. Mm. I don't. Sure. Have an appre- I don't have an understanding of cartels in general. I, maybe they have guys Los for this. Los has used to be a special. But this like, whole scene is just units we've never seen before being mm-hmm. deployed. And it's, it's yeah. meaningless. It's nothing. It's schlock. Mm-hmm. If oh, you're a member of the Mexican drug cartel, write in. Kill James Bond. If you're a member of Honduras drug cartel, don't write in. in. <laughs> Sick of hearing from you. Fuck off. So, so, so um, they descend into the tunnels and Rambo... Uh, hits his hits his intruder alert playlist. You know the the thing that you have when you this whole fucking this whole scene. It's like it's an easy thing. What you do is you like you get your like smart home thing hooked up to your burglar alarm, hooked up to your like assistant thing. So when it goes off, you have Alexa or whatever turn all of the lights on full red and blast max volume black dresses. There's nothing here worth dying for. <laughs> On repeat. You're like Alexa, t- activate Roaring Rampage of Revenge. Do, do, like- do, you, do you guys not have? Is, is that just a thing that like me and Rambo do? I don't that- have that many punji stakes set up in my house right now. I mean, I don't have like. I mean, there was the one time I chased a guy out of my house with a with an AK bayonet, but. I mean, I mean, I I genuinely do have the colored lights and the music playlists like yeah, set up see, in so my house. Like, sexual lighting, that shit, but that's different. But not for this. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a th- it's just functionality. You got to add. You got to have it so that you know you you hit the like big red intruder alert button and it turns real that's bad, real ben- fast. That's the like, benefit of the influencer lights, though, is that mm. you can use them threatingly. For a roaring oh, rampage so in the end. Are you saying yeah. that instead of using my diffuser to diffuse the special pheromone oil that makes people horny, I should use it to just spray petrol and set people on fire? keep by? referencing I mean, this special pheromone shit, and I, I really don't. <laughs> I have it. I believe I, it. I, I think a lot about a movie that we, you know, is very Rambo related that we haven't actually talked about, which is Hot Shots Part Duh. And there's mm. a throwaway joke. Um, by I, I want to say Colin Mockery, one of the Who's line is it anyway comedians yeah. uh, who's playing like a combat engineer, like a sapper. And his joke is, when I get home from the war, I'm gonna get like a wife and two kids and a dog and a house with a white picket fence, and then one day I'm gonna set my charges and I'm gonna blow the fuck out of all of them. <laughs> this is perilously close <laughs> to what Rambo actually does. This entire finale has the feel of a deadliest warrior. Dramatization, yes. yeah, truly, yes. where they like really want the Viet Cong to win. We need David Wenham to like explain this shit. It's, to us. it's 
so comical. Like this, it's a it's a different fucking movie. It has nothing to fucking do with the previous shit. They're like, mm-hmm. all right, here's the action scene, and mm-hmm. it's these guys yeah. getting fucking taken out by like punji steaks and by fucking like claymores. And yeah. Rambo is moving about these tunnels like he's fifty years younger than he is, and mm. they're achieving that by speeding him up. Quite obviously, in a lot of shots. I have mixed feelings about that though, because in all of the other he's hunting them uh, scenes, he just like appears from place to mm. place. This one it gives you does. a sense of how much fucking cardio is involved, because mm. all of the times he does this, he kills the guy and then just like jogs in the opposite direction. He's getting a lot of like yeah cardio in, sure. The CGI blood splatter is pretty bad. Well, he got all that cardio in from rotating those horses. Again, it's it's building. Should he use the horse? Should he, he use the horse? Should, should he use the horse? I, I also I think a lot about how if you have a kid in America, she's Not way more likely to like get shot in her English class than to be kidnapped in Mexico. She's more likely to be killed by a toddler who's found his dad's gun. Yeah, but the thing is, it's very hard to do a roaring rampage of revenge against a toddler. It's really fucking easy, actually. Skill <laughs> issue on your fucking part. I can kill a toddler like fucking nothing. What are you, stupid? You you can't draw that out over the course of like an hour you and a reckon? half. <laughs> I could take as long as I wanted to kill a also, toddler. Statistically, if if you have a child in America, she's most likely to be killed by you or someone she knows. Yeah, that's right. It's well, just a fact. But, but it's very hard to do a roaring rampage of revenge against yourself. I've been trying for years. But like, you have you have to like make this the threat in order to have people who think that they're like Rambo. Convinced that they need to have five guns. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't work. He's atomizing these. But if this was the movie you wanted to make the whole time, right? Why did you make the fucking first half of this? Mm-hmm. Why did you make the other movie? It's it's coming up on fucking stupid. He starts atomizing yeah. motherfuckers by the mm-hmm. end of this. He, he he kills he kills all of them except the last guy who he pins to the wall of the barn with some arrows <laughs> and he. <laughs> He has a whole fucking spiel for this guy. Mm-hmm. I would, oh, like because this is the last Rambo movie, and he's going yeah. out on a high note, right? So he he kills all of these these Mexican spec ops guys. Sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets on the radio to this guy, and he's like, "I saved you for less." Yeah, he gets on, he gets on the radio to this guy like, "Where's this?" <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, yeah, if you want to live, follow the lights. And he starts collapsing the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He blows that shit up. This guy makes it just out. He's in the barn. He's looking around. He's and we've seen we've seen Rambo setting shit up in the barn. So we're like, what's he got planned? But he comes out of there like it's Rambo four. He just arrives mm. with a fucking bow and arrow and he shoots this yep. guy in every individual limb. Yep. And then <laughs> And then he what does he he do? slowly approaches this man. He walks yeah. up to him. There's drama. And he's when he's on the radio to him earlier, right, he repeats that line from earlier on. He goes, listen, you're going to know what it's like to have me cut out your fucking heart, you know, because that's what I've been through. Yeah. And he fucking does it. He walks yeah. up to this guy and he cuts his fucking still beating heart out of his chest movie does not know how big a heart is. And that's huge. The movie. No, it's not, I'm afraid. He sits on his porch in his rocking chair in his blown up farm. His farm is coated in fucking holes where his tunnels have collapsed. He has no cows left. Yeah. The hay bales are going to fall into the collapsed tunnels. And I'm just like, 
First of all, he doesn't even fucking die, which is, you know, the, the polite thing to do in these circumstances, right? When you're sitting in a rocking chair and you've, like, been incidentally shot a couple of times. It wasn't important, didn't mention it, but, like, you'd hope he would die, but he doesn't even do that. And then, I'm just like, he does this monologue about how, like, this is the only home he's ever known, which, like, really hurts some Thai monk's feelings. And then he goes, uh, I'm gonna have to, like, defend this forever, uh, vote John Rambo for governor. And, and it's like it's garbage. It's garbage. Does the sheriff not not have any question? Uh, you, you've you've blown up like a decent part of the county again. Might I add, this is the second time, John Rambo, that you have waged war on American soil. They're gonna run your name and find out about the fucking thing, <laughs> like the fucking Rambo one. Yeah. They're gonna run. Yeah. You're fucked, dog. You've killed forty to fifty Mexican people. It's unclear. In a tunnel, you've ripped a man's heart out of his chest. Uh, Sergio Perimanchada, great work with the acting in the first half of this movie. It's a shame they made you just mm. mostly scream for the second half. Yeah. You, you decapitated a man in Mexico. You killed a girl. Yeah. That was you also your fault. You are going to jail. You are going to get extradited to the fucking Altiplano, man. You can't- You're in Arizona. You're getting a chair, dog. What are you fucking doing? <laughs> Uh, and then and somehow, that's the movie. no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, what? It's not. Post credit scene, John Rambo. It's called the Avengers Initiative. Yes. Take it down. Did you not watch the credits? No, not all the way through because I oh. I don't want to kill myself. Oh, I the did. credits. The credit. Right. Yeah. Fine. I watched a bit of the credits. Right. It's mostly. It's, Old shots. it's yeah. shots of the first couple of Rambo movies, like slowed down and like. Upscale to 4K and rotoscope or something. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it starts off like showing. It, sh- it starts off showing us a montage of like the first few Rambo movies. Remember Rambo One and like Rambo Two, yeah. and then oh. Rambo Three. Remember Rambo Four, and then it shows us this movie to the point where it's like, remember five minutes ago when Rambo cut that guy's heart out? It's just like <laughs> showing you a montage of this movie, um, and then the final shot. In case you thought Rambo died, was Rambo gets on a horse and rides away from the ranch. Fuck off. Yeah, no, I'm no, looking at this now, actually. Happens. I've just brought it up. Jesus Christ. Because obviously just... people thought he died at the end, and they were like, oh, we, we, we want to, you know, have another Rambo. He, he, he turns that horse. Mm. And, and he... In case we want to make Rambo what? more blood. What kind of sick fucker would make a Rambo six? He's 77! <laughs> what, are we, what are we leaving a sequel hook open for? The man is dead! He is fucking in his... Shia LaBeouf is Rambo Jr. He is an octogenarian, right? Well, he's not, he's a septuagenarian, but like he is dying away. We can't make this man make any more Rambo movies. It's cruel. It's elder Rambo abuse. Transplanted heart. Do it. That guy. There's not another scary nation for you for United States. What are you gonna make him do? Uh let me let me just point you to the entire continent of Africa, why don't I? <laughs> And that John is Rambo, Rambo will five. return in Rambo John 6. John Rambo better not fucking return. I hope not. But we do, running very long on time here, so I apologise, but we do have a science-based rating system. It's called the SCUM system. It stands for SMARM, cultural insensitivity, and provoked violence. If and John Rambo returns in Rambo 6, I am going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. In the cinema. You're going to wage a roaring rampage of revenge against yourself in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always waging a roaring rampage of revenge against the self. That's fucking Marxism, all right? <laughs> that's, that's real life, yeah. Uh, how smarmy. How smarmy. 
None. That's this movie. Oh shit. No, no smile at all. Zero. I agree. I agree. None. Yeah, truly. It's like entirely earnest. It's like, no, you should be afraid of this stuff. Uh, yeah, zero. there's not really very many like movie lines the way he's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to like you, no. Brutus Steer. No, like, he mm. genuinely, I don't think he has any. That's great. Yeah. Let me ask a question to you. Cultural yep. insensitivity. Ten. Ten. Yep. All right. Pass. <laughs> uh, unprovoked violence. <laughs> Ten. He invites these motherfuckers across the border. So yeah. that he could kill them. He, it's over by the time Gabrielle dies. That could have been the end of the movie. It would have been a great Should ending. All the violence yeah. is unprovoked. Ten. No, you can't, you, you can't protect anyone, John Rambo. You can't even get a little necklace off of that lady anymore. Uh, yeah, where's his necklace? Speaking of tokenizing the dead. I want to uh, give it points for the, the kind of very gratuitous, like, pornographic nature of the violence. Like, yeah, ten. Yeah. That's ten. right. Well, fortunately, misogyny. we're here for misogyny. Ten. Well, if not higher, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I, I mean, know. well, okay. Ten, 10 might be too high. Hang on. Because, mm -hmm. like, it's not omission because there are women in it. Women are oh, a no. main part of it. But the, mm -hmm. the purity of, of women is one of the main, like, focal points of this movie. Yeah. What it's a virgin like, whore dichotomy. All yeah, of the threat of Mexican men is sexualized. That's right. That's um, true. We have, I, I mean, I really can't get over the fact that the phrase rape montage is an accurate description of like one part of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this film definitely uses the depictions of violence against women as that kind of deniable pornography entertainment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It yeah. Hmm. You might have talked me around there actually. I could be tempted ten. to give it a 10. I don't think I could remember what the Spanish for 10 is. Is this the most misogynistic film we have ever seen though? I genuinely I mean I would put it up there against Goldfinger yeah. any day of the week. So we gave Goldfinger a nine. We gave Rambo four a nine. Yeah. I think this is worse than Rambo four. I think this is worse than Rambo four. In that case, this is the first ten we've ever given for misogyny. Mm-hmm. Well then. Well, yeah. Deserved it, it. It is saved by its zero smarm score, but still Truly. gets uh, thirty, which is the worst thing we've seen in a while, bar Rambo four, which is still the worst thing we've ever seen. Um, yep. It's it's I think worse than any of the Bonds, even worse than Live and Let Die, worse than any of the Bournes, uh, mm -hmm. worse than any of the Jack Ryans or any of the Uncles by a Country Mile. I think looking at the maths here on balance, I think Rambo is the worst franchise we've ever seen. Absolutely, well, terrible. And who told us that we should do Rambo? What kind of fucking <laughs> fucker? <laughs> So I, I, I do want to say, aside from the, you know, whatever links we put up for um, WGA, SAG, AFTRA, and UCU, uh, I want to add a couple to those. Um, I want to put in a link to Red Nacional de Refugios, which is like a network of domestic violence shelters in Mexico. Um, and there's also, I want to put a link for the uh, the Mexican Alliance of Sex Workers, mm -hmm. also has uh, a donation thing. I will uh, make both. sure they are in the description. Thank you. Because... Like again, the the the, the violence yeah. uh, and the the sexual violence and the trafficking that is depicted in this movie exists. However, it is being perniciously selective and um uh and false in its depiction of who it victimizes. Yeah, I mean, so do we have any final thoughts about the Rambo franchise before we bid rest in piss to? I got some Rambo. final thoughts, but I can't say any Please. of them. Thanks. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, a uh, roaring rampage of revenge against the Rambo franchise. Yeah, um, I think it, Rambo 4 and 5, out of all the films we've ever watched in the years we've done this podcast, were the ones that made me the most sad. I, I think that I can do a bit of a sort of an end zone dance here, because I think my initial take about Rambo First Blood, as you know, harsh as it was, has gotten more vindicated by everything else since. And I know that that's like unfair... I know that's like sort of like to you know make that a hindsight justification of it, but I really think that as sort of like as much value as Rambo like First Blood had as like a process film, or whatever. I think when you set out to do it in that way, this is what you inevitably end up doing. Having I think it take takes you to the hammering Mexican uh, cartel guys. Yeah. In the no, I completely film. agree. I I liked Rambo one. I thought it was mm-hmm. good. I thought there was a uh, an anti-war read that you could do of mm-hmm. it, but I I can't deny that it leads in a perfectly straight line towards this. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's real sad to see it waste the potential from the first one. And I hope that whatever series we do next is going to be less fucking depressing than this. Oh, we have this <laughs> film. <laughs> we should Dan, say what you've we've... been in the the laboratory for the season of Solidarity. We've been ginning something up. Hmm. Mm. We, I have found that IMDb has a list of every movie that is considered to be a Euro spy movie. Now, these are, these are uh. movies that cropped up in Europe after the success of the Sean Connery James Bonds as a sort of like, OSS Sandy set comes from this. These are movies that are trying to capitalize on the success of early Bond. <laughs> And I'm very excited to go through them because none of oh, them have anything to do with SAG-AFTRA. Completely safe. It is going to be a bitch okay. finding Awful. some of these in English. I look forward to it. We're going to do Well, we can always we can. skip a few of them. Like, we, Yeah, we'll let you know if we're skipping any. Yeah. <laughs> if it's genuinely impossible to find some of these, we will skip them. Mm-hmm. But, but that's, that's the plan. Thank you for your support. We have a Patreon. You can get the bonus mm-hmm. episodes. The next one of which... Our final Stallone for a minute, I suspect, is going to be Demolition Man, which yeah. we'll talk about directly after this. I'm looking forward to Thank recording so that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bye. See ya. Adios. <laughs> do not make a Rambo 6. If you have the capacity to do it, don't do it. <laughs> Where's this? Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Kill James Bond. Um, this one fucking sucked, huh? Uh, not the episode, the the movie um, Rambo. We've just um, wrapped on the, the the Kill James Bond season two wrap party, um, by which I mean the next bonus episode that's coming out, which is Demolition Man. We just um, hit end on that. Um, once again, I am drunk. Now, I got a lot of patrons to thank, so let's just get straight into it. Thank you so fucking much. Lobeons.it, Candy Fox, Freya, Aloysius, Gustavo, Lira, Jack Holmes, Mike Berg, Hannah, Oberhart, Power Dad, Johnny Del Camino, George Rohack, Kentucky Fried Commie, Yarek, Drone Lover, Nathan Mori Cohen, Enright, Labor Delender, S, Library Hitman, Beef Crime, Max Gamenhart, Callan Bernie, Hell, Jonathan Gerd, Jack Drummond, J. Martindale, Kit Divine Top, O Mothman, Trip, Tuck, Trucker Blondie. There you go, that's better. 
They said Tucker Blondie, but that's probably also true. Trans Robot Maeve Victoria Roth Jr. Roloff Touchable Tips Joyous Uwu Zan Hutchin David Alexander Steve Widdishins One Happy Chipmunk Clarification Bronan Isopod Gal Alex Violet Cyber Annie Ruby Katie Probst Liz Nash in Florida Corvid Cultist Noblesse Oblachage John 2089 Boscott Connor School Big Sister Pink Freud, Ramona Random, Seng Shen, Vrat Sukat, Carbon Silverport, Emily, Queen of Sloth, Zoe Shepard, Douglas Winship, Quinn Valeri, Loz Pycock, Alfredo, Mortran, Wolfie, Al Owing, Turf Seat, Shin, Die Alone, Robert Greensmith, Philip Smith, uh, Finn, Ross, Millie, The Curious Case of Kaylee V, Josh Simmons, and Lauren Aston. Thank you so much for your support throughout the second season of our wonderful podcast, Kill James Bond. Um, and that wonderful podcast is, of course, Alice, Abigail, and Devon. The producer is the... Shit, I used wonderful again. Um, Nate Bethay, our podcast art is by Maddie Lubchansky, and our website is by Tom Allen.